Today's show is brought to you by CBT Nuggets. You know how much we value ongoing education on the Cloudcast, and CBT Nuggets is exactly what Aaron and I wish we had when we were trying to get our certification early in our careers. CBT Nuggets is all about bringing a personalized touch to learning about cloud computing, virtualization, networking, DevOps, and much, much more. Whether it's their hands-on labs with personalized coaching or the online chat functions that come up with every instructor-led course, CBT Nuggets' team of experts is always there to help you get the most from your training and your PASA certification. You can check it all out at cbtnuggets.com cloudcast and sign up for a free trial. You get access to the full catalog of great training, including virtual labs, quizzes, and other premium features completely free for the first seven days. That's cbtnuggets.com slash cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios in here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Another Sunday perspective show. We are finishing up here in September 2021. It's amazing that we are uh, three quarters of the way through the year. Um, you know, it's starting to be at least uh, at least in our neck of the woods. I know this uh, southern hemisphere is maybe a little bit different, but uh, it's uh, it's darker in the morning and it gets darker earlier at night. So this starts to get into the kind of the depressing part of the year. It, it, the weather starts to get nice. Uh, the leaves change. All that stuff is really wonderful. And you get all the fall things and Halloween and all the fun holidays and stuff. But uh, the whole getting darker thing gets uh, it's kind of kind of kind of a bummer, right? You, you get to enjoy the sunshine. You you wish it wouldn't uh, wouldn't go away. So for those of you who get hung up on the daylight savings time, this is your time of the year to complain. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, we're going to kind of dive into something that we, Aaron and I kind of talked about a little bit, maybe five or six weeks ago on the uh, Everybody's Become the Cloudcast show, but it came up again uh, this week for me uh, in, in having discussions with uh, with some companies. And the question was basically, um, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, how much to use the cloud and transitioning to the cloud and how they're doing it and all these sort of things. And, um, you know, we'll get into the specifics, but, uh, you know, they asked a really interesting question. They said, Hey, you know, over the last 18 months or so, however long people have been in, in COVID protocol and going through the sort of, you know, new, new ways that we're doing things. They basically asked, um, you know, we, in our industry, uh, have been, you know, really busy and have been adopting the cloud more so than we ever had before. And so they asked a couple of questions. The first question was, you know, is this pretty normal? Is is everybody kind of experiencing the same thing that we're experiencing? And the second question was, um, you know, do you expect that, you know, the, the ways that we've done things over the last 18 months and you know, this may have just been the last six months or whatever it was, but somewhere within that 18 months, you know, do you expect that that's going to remain uh, sort of the, the model that they were have been using? And we talked about it in some details. Or do you think that, you know, if we get back to some sort of, you know, we could keep calling, you know, the new normal or back to what we kind of the way we experienced things before, uh, do you expect that will happen? And, you know, it was really ended up being a really good conversation we had following up. And I thought what I would do this week is kind of dive a little bit into not the specifics of that conversation, but just kind of the, the way to think about this, or at least my thoughts around it. Uh, because I think there's there's both some yeses, some nos, some, you know, maybes and ifs and stuff as, as there are in any good discussion. Uh, but I thought I would talk about that right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by Spot by NetApp. 
Bob provides a comprehensive suite of cloud ops tools that makes it easier to deliver continuously optimized and reliable infrastructure at the lowest possible cost, all while removing a lot of the manual and time-consuming tasks out of managing cloud infrastructure at scale. Imagine automating your infrastructure to proactively meet the needs of your application. Imagine leveraging the latest in machine learning and automation to scale your infrastructure using the most efficient mix of instances and pricing models. From cost management to infrastructure automation, Spot ensures you maximize your cloud investment. The end result is simply more cloud at less cost. Check them out at spot.io slash cloudcast, where you can find more information, quest a demo, give it a try by starting a free trial. That's spot.io slash cloudcast. Today's show is sponsored by Datadog. With infrastructure monitoring, distributed tracing, and logs, Datadog provides end-to-end visibility into the health and performance of modern applications. Datadog's distributed tracing and APM generates detailed flame graphs for real requests, enabling you to visualize how requests propagate through your distributed infrastructure. See which services or calls are generating errors or contributing to overall latency, and dive deeper into your production code with an always-on code profiler to pinpoint the root cause. Start monitoring your applications with a free trial, and Datadog will send you a free t-shirt. Visit datadog.com APM cloudcast. That's datadog.com slash APM dash cloudcast. And we're back. And, you know, as I mentioned, the top of the show, um, you know, I want to dive a little bit into this interesting conversation, um, you know, that I had a chance to have with uh, with a company this week um, and kind of follows, like I mentioned, some of the stuff that, that Aaron and I kind of scratched the surface on uh, maybe five or six weeks ago, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and it really is, you know, we, we, we've sort of adapted to the way the world has evolved and, and it kind of looks at a couple of things, you know, one is this, this idea of, um, you know, how many hours does it take or how many repetitions does it take to create a habit? And, uh, you know, if, if you do things enough times for a long enough period of time, even if it's not necessarily the most optimal way of doing it, does it become a habit and does it, you know, and, and once it becomes sort of the, the new norm, how hard is it to break out of that? Right. So, you know, there's always the, the thing of, well, you know, if you, if you get into a bad rut, you should get out of that. But, you know, for anybody that works in, in a larger organization, you understand that sometimes, um, you know, the, the new muscle memory just becomes the new way of doing stuff. And you sort of forget why you ever did those things. And I think, so let me, let me hit on a couple of things first and foremost. So the first part of the question that came up was, is this the same thing that's happening in, uh, you know, in, in their case, um, they happen to be working in an industry that, um, you know, tended to do relatively well uh, as part of the pandemic. And so this was the first part of the question is like, is every industry going through this? And I, one of the things I had to kind of highlight was that, you know, not every industry did terribly well during the pandemic, right? So if you were, you know, if you were in the airline industry, you were in the hotel industry, you were in, um, you know, a lot of different industries, uh, you really struggled. Uh, if you were in the restaurant industry, you know, I don't mean to laugh or make light of it, but I mean, you know, there were some industries that because there was literally no human movement, um, and, and that impacted, you know, lots of things sort of secondary and, and, and tertiary and so forth. Um, you know, you were literally, uh, you know, probably in a lot of cases, very close to going out of business or potentially going bankrupt or, you know, having to really rethink how your business ran. Now, other businesses, 
you know, grew like crazy, right? They were on the other side of it. So, you know, Netflix and gaming and, you know, a lot of more digital industries, you know, things that could cater to people not necessarily moving around or, you know, could could adapt to home delivery. Or, you know, if you were in the healthcare industry or you were in certain things, like things may have been really, really busy for you. Maybe you were trying to you know, be part of the pharmaceutical industry and you were trying to find uh, a vaccine or you were trying to find other things to, you know, help uh, people that were going through the challenges of COVID and so forth. So, you know, I think the first first thing is, um, you know, every every industry and to a certain extent, every company was a little bit different. The second part of it was, uh, you know, they, they basically said, hey, we have been doing a lot more with the cloud. Um, and a lot of that was because, you know, they, they just got into a situation that was like, hey, everything going on around us is new. It's unusual. It doesn't fit our normal mode of doing things. Uh, the urgency has been ramped way, way up. Um, everything is, you know, priority one. And so in a lot of cases, they ended up using the public cloud much more than they were. They were much more of a data center centric company. And, you know, they basically were like, um, we found success, uh, you know, at various levels of success. It wasn't, a, you know, everything perfect the first time and they still had a learning curve and so forth. But they said, you know, we had, you know, enough success that we look at it as something that, um, you know, it kind of accelerated their, uh, their cloud journey, if you will. But they, they also felt like, you know, it wasn't something that they had, you know, kind of structurally gone into or organizationally gone into, you know, in a way that they normally would have to take on big changes in their company. And and so it really was a, an interesting jumping off point for a conversation. And and the way that I, I kind of thought about it and the way the conversation kind of floated through, it kind of followed this structure. And you know, if you've listened to enough of these Sunday conversations, I tend to sort of make them lists because, you know, I'm kind of trying to mentally work through uh, how to think about certain things. And so, you know, these were some of the things that we talked about, right? So the first one was, you know, where, where do you, where do people work and, and how important is kind of face-to-face collaboration versus, um, people being able to work somewhat independently or be able to, to be more flexible. And, and so this was a, a big part of the conversation because I said, look, um, you know, I know there's a lot of companies who, who did relatively well through the pandemic, but you know, they're very, collaboration centric companies, maybe they're creative, you know, the output of what they do is dependent on a lot of creativity or a lot of human interaction. And, and they're, you know, they're very eager to get back to working together. Right. But for the companies who were able to make remote work and be successful with it, and it doesn't significantly disrupt what they do, um, this is going to be a big change, right? This is something that I think you'll see a lot of companies, uh, begin to, um, not just tech companies, right. Cause we talked about, Hey, you know, Amazon and Azure and Google and other people were allowing people to work outside of, you know, Silicon Valley and Seattle and stuff like that. But I think this is going to have sort of a, a second order effect on other companies who are going to say, look, you know, um, you know, we want to be able to go hire the best talent we possibly can. And if before we sort of only focused on if you could come to the office or if you live somewhere and we found that you could be successful, that's going to have some interesting uh, sort of second order effects, right? Like, will they start opening up their hiring? Will they you know, kind of try and create sort of secondary order, uh, you know, sort of centers of excellence or, you know, pockets of where people could kind of roughly gather together. Um, and that may become something that becomes the new normal for the company. So that that's sort of a, an interesting thing to take a look at. Um, you know, the other thing that'll come out of that is you're going to have a lot of companies who are looking at 
you know, how much are they willing to pay for rental space? You know, essentially where you sit if you had an office. Um, you may see them relocating headquarters. You may, or you know, regional offices and so forth. So that may that may shift the power dynamics of your company. And I say that in the context of you know, it, it's one thing to have headquarters and like remote offices. It's another thing to have an office that has uh, a senior enough person that you're considered an important site. And I say this from having worked at certain companies in which where I worked was considered sort of headquarters or secondary headquarters versus, you know, some remote sort of office. And the dynamics of what's considered possible out of certain places, um, it matters. And, you know, you may say, well, it shouldn't matter. Everybody's on the end of a computer and everybody's equal over the Internet. That matters. So the the locality will have an impact uh, on companies and it, and it may shift back to it. But I think we're also going to see, you know, companies, you know, looking at their rent bill and depending on the flexibility of what their rent bill was or their ownership of things. Uh, you know, we're seeing and hearing a lot of things about companies um, not keeping everything, you know, not keeping everything they had before, reducing those costs, reducing travel costs. You know, CFOs are looking at that and going, boy, my, my, my T&E, my travel and expense budget was way, way down the last couple of years. You know, that's really a nice way to, uh, to drive profitability or to drive uh, reinvestment in other areas. So the locality will have a lot of impact on that. Um, you know, I think we're seeing whether or not companies are willing to invest in remote-friendly technologies, and I don't mean just things like VPN or Slack or other things, but like, you know, how much are they willing to invest? And if they're willing to do that, um, you know, are they also willing to invest in your skill set for moving them into new places? You know, so I think I've told this uh, story on the show before. Uh, example, my, my neighbor, my neighbor uh, just happens to work in technology. He happens to be very data center centric. His skill set was very data center centric. And he just happened to you know, begin taking some um, AWS certification courses. Uh, it was just something that was sort of part of, you know, a refresh and something he wanted to do. But it really came into play because all of a sudden, once they were remote, they were out of their offices, you know, they started setting up remote-friendly technologies out of AWS. And, um, you know, so I think his is an example, and it's just probably one of hundreds and thousands of people who, you know, were kind of forced to begin to use the cloud, whether it was a infrastructure cloud or a SaaS cloud or something. And I suspect we will begin to see sort of a boom of, you know, people trying to gain, you know, cloud skills, cloud certifications, maybe that weren't necessarily looking at that in the past, or companies will recognize its importance and emphasize that. So, you know, those are just a couple of simple things. Um, you know, the next one becomes sort of interesting is, you know, right now, and, and probably for the last 18 or so months, the groups that have been working on these new things, things to keep the business running in this new way, or, you know, find a new way to, um, I don't know, deliver your goods or, uh, you know, have uh, remote, you know, kiosks and things, whatever it might be, develop a new application. Um, you know, I think we're going to start to see some interesting things come out of that because it, it you know, if we start, if, if leadership starts to take a, you know, a view that we need to be more prepared for change on a more frequent basis, and maybe we will because of potential pandemics or because of, you know, political instability or because of whatever it might be, global warming, you know, these big sort of macro, macro level things, you know, we may see some very interesting prioritization of, how much do we really care or do we fund the things that, 
you know, we used to sort of call, oh, the stable things that ran our business versus, you know, investing in the flexibility because flexibility becomes the new normal. It doesn't become the, what do you do in a pandemic? And, and I think that's really going to be the, the thing to look at in your company as to whether or not if the things that you did will remain, you know, the way they are, right? They've become the new habits. They've become the new visibility. But again, I think a lot of what comes out of these things is, you know, we've, we've now been through all this change and we're still processing it. We still don't totally understand it and, you know, how we're going to adapt to it and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, at some point you sort of forget that there was something before, right? You forget that you used to do things a different way. And, you know, I think that's the other thing to really look at if I, if I boil it down, you know, beyond the people side of things is the technology, the recognition, the prioritization, where you put budgeting, you know, may very well begin to go towards more and more of these, you know, application building efforts, these, you know, leverage the flexibility of the cloud techniques, um, because, you know, companies start to adopt this idea that more frequent change is going to become the new normal, not, uh, you know, these sort of, you know, 100-year flood types of things like we've seen with the pandemic or, or something else. Now, I've talked a lot uh, for the last 15, 10, 15 minutes or so about, you know, what some of the changes might be. And I've kind of tried to, you know, bundle them into, you know, big things, people in process and maybe some technology priorities and stuff. You know, the other side of this is going to be interesting is right now we're all looking at this in the near term, right? So what, what have we seen over the last 18 months? We sort of always project, well, whatever we've seen in the near term probably happens again, right? It's our sort of near term bias. But what'll be interesting is, you know, a couple of years from now, it, it, you know, we're sort of going to go through the thing that, uh, you know, came out of the, uh, the A16Z paper, which was like, hey, you'll get started in the cloud and you'll do it for a while. And then at some point it'll become steady state and you'll look at the cost of it and you'll want to remediate it. And, you know, I think this same sort of thing is going to happen as a part of sort of post-COVID, whenever post-COVID happens to happen. Maybe it's 22 or 23, who knows? I don't know that I can handle it if it's 23, but hopefully it's 22. Um, but I think we're going to see a lot of companies, you know, get some cloud bills um, because we, you know, we just said, hey, go do whatever you have to do. Um, COVID was a very, very expensive thing in a lot of ways for a lot of companies. And and I think we're going to go through some interesting psychology and math and spreadsheets and all sorts of things of like, hey, do we remediate these applications that we put in the cloud? Like, is or is that, you know, that's technical debt. We're not going to spend any time on that. I think that's going to be the biggest kind of post-COVID thing that will come out of this is, you know, we did a whole lot of things in a really short period of time. Was that a good idea? Do we want to unwind them? And and I think what it's going to do is it's going to create sort of, for those of you that, that have been around for probably more than five or eight or 10 years in this industry, you'll remember when Gartner, the, the analyst firm, uh, came up with this idea of what was called a bimodal IT, right? Which was you have the fast IT and then you have sort of the slow IT that maintains the old systems and you have the fast one that works on new cool things. And and they they sort of were encouraging that because in their mind they couldn't wrap their head around how the old folks and the new folks, you know, or the old applications and the new applications could work together. I think we very well, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, um, you know, see sort of a bimodal 2.0 come out of post-COVID. Um, and people should kind of watch out for that because it can create some very interesting, you know, dynamics and so forth. So um, with that, I'm going to kind of wrap it up. Uh, I didn't get into sort of all the conversation. It, it turned out to be a big conversation, but I did want to hit on, 
you know, three or four of the big topics that I thought were sort of interesting. I, I'd be curious if people have been thinking about this at all, um, or whether or not they're, you know, sort of just adapt, you know, uh, accepting that, you know, this is now the new normal and, and this is how things will be going forward and so forth. So anyways, uh, your feedback's always welcome. Um, we've been seeing the show uptick again. Uh, I don't know if that's just people coming back from the summer or new listeners. If you're telling a friend and helping us grow the show, that is awesome. Um, yeah, we've been up another, I don't know, eight or 10% here recently. So, uh, whoever is listening more than you were before, whether it's somebody new or you came back to the show or you've told a friend, Thank you. Uh, we're always grateful that the show grows and that it uh, you know spreads out. I think we're in 125 countries, which is just insane. Uh, that there's there's people in all sorts of places listening to the show. Um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I did I did randomly. Um, I had somebody. I'll tell this little story. I thought it was sort of funny. I I was doing a uh, webinar at work, or I was doing a presentation or something at work, and uh, I had somebody hit me up after the show or after the the presentation, and they said. You know, I got about halfway through doing it, and I was listening in, and so on and so forth. And it, and it dawned on me. They said, "Boy, I've heard this voice before. Where in the world have I heard this voice before?" And then they they figured out that I was presenting, and they put two and two together, and they said, "You know, I I don't ever really remember what your name was that was on the show. I just knew your voice." So that's always fun um, when when somebody recognizes you. It's uh, I, podcasting is a very interesting, intimate sort of medium. We're in your heads, and so we appreciate the. Uh, the feedback anytime you get a chance, whether it's good or bad. If you like the show, if we're providing anything useful for you, we really appreciate it. Uh, any feedback you can give us, show at the show, show at the cloudcast.net. Um, tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us feedback. Uh, tell us what topics to focus on. Anything to make the show better uh, or more useful for you, we're, we're always happy to, to try and do. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. I want to thank you all for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for helping us grow the community. Thanks for giving us a five-star on Apple Podcasts and all the other ways that you... Uh, that you get your podcast and I will wrap it up and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos and everything social media. 